Hello and welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and this issue's package is all about family businesses and what makes them tick. Joining me on the call is Rajiv Singh who's written a staggering amount of stories in this package. We'll hear more from him in a bit. Hi Rajiv, thank you so much for joining in again. Hey Abhi, it's as usual pleasure talking to you man. It looks like you've been uh, starved for sleep. I think I count 10 stories and an overview in a package which has about 12. Oh, I, I loved every bit of the story. That's why it's so enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's family business or professionally run outfits, they all work in the same environment. The market is the same. The consumers are pretty much the same. That they're the same government policies. How is a family-owned business different from a professionally run one especially in say 2022 when simple in family owned businesses there is family in business <laughs> in professional business there is no family in business <laughs> let, let me let me explain you in and by giving you another example if you look at dabur at one point of time dabur used to be a family run business now dabur is a family managed business run by professionals that's the only difference Family, end of the day, will will be the owner of the business. The business would be run by the professionals. Is there is there anything that stands out this year, Rajiv? All these 10 stories, there is one thing in common. All are untold stories. Untold stories from smaller cities. Most of them are from smaller cities. Right. And these are the guys who started long time back. Some of them have been in have been for decades. Some of some of the businesses have been there for you know more than 50 years or 70 years. That's the most common thing and they have they have evolved they have transformed right. they have adapted themselves to changing times this is what makes them extra special let's start for example with uh, varmora granito which is a tile and bathware brand from morbi which is the ceramic capital of india one quote that stood out from uh, mr bhavesh varmora there who is the managing director he talks about taking risks but one must never take calculated risks it never pays uh, what did he mean by that and uh, what makes Vermora tick? The place where Vermora comes from, Morbi, is a place known for commodities. Boys. Tiles is a commodity. Scientryware was, to begin with, was a commodity. And we have seen Kajaria and other players, how they have transformed a commodity into a brand. Hmm. The same story holds true for uh, Vermora Granito. Now, right. who in the world would have known that the Patels, the original name was Vermora. And the moment a you know, advertising agency and a branding agency requested them to drop the name and take the original surname, everything changed in terms of perception. It's an Italian sounding name, Vermora. This is what <laughs> the advertising agency guys told them. And finally that happened and Bhavish Patel became Bhavish Vermora. Vermora Granito was always the name of the company, but was never the name of the family. That's the first. Never seen the company name being applied back to a family's last name. No, why not? Because because this is what I asked him and he gave a brilliant example of uh, Mercedes-Benz. Benz happens to be the second name of the guy after whom the company is named after. Over three generations, four generations, they've got to keep their business uh, afresh. Things are changing rapidly. You know, the buzzwords of digital e-commerce and various other things, you know, keep coming up now. Instagram, influencers, your previous cover story was on that on Forbes. So how do these brands keep up? So the most important thing for all of them is to understand what they are good at, what are their strengths and what are their weaknesses. And then most of them realize that they are good at a small thing. Identify that niche, make yourself strong in that domain and then make it big. Take, for example, Sri Maruti Couriers. Now, who, who would have known that Sri Maruti Couriers would end up becoming one of the top five 
courier and logistics companies in india and what gave them a chance against the so called indian and multinational biggies was again this realization that they can't go big from day one so they gradually they took years they took decades to consolidate their position out of rajkot ahmedabad all these places and then they gradually panned out and the strength was delivering next day talking to the promoter he said commitment is the is the only word that he knows in his life once you have committed to a particular thing keep it at whatever cost but commitment has to be kept once you have made it how averse are they or welcoming are they to venture capitalists or other investors who could then pull in the money because talking about maruti courier itself now when there is a deep pocketed uh, vc uh, outfit offering money to a startup they could scale it could be delivery for example which has done exactly that in the last few years so how do they compete with them or are they are they open to investments or it is it is mainly a tightly run ship see it's a tightly run ship they, they they don't want any outside money most of them don't want any outside money to be there and this is usually the pattern of most of the family run businesses in india they hate somebody dictating terms to them and and this comes only from the position of strength because they don't need money so if you need money then only you will go for a p or a vc or a whatever but if if or an ipo like size silks is what uh, is looking at uh, that's the cover isn't it yeah absolutely imagine a, a sari brand you know tapping the public market unprecedented who does it Uh, you said that these brands stick to the core and uh, some entrepreneurs take the time to find one because the proprietor of sari sai silks sold spices in the beginning didn't he and now it's, it's it's all about sarees which he calls to be an evergreen business his parents were into the business of parents and grandparents were into the business of spices a few years definitely he tried his hands he was not satisfied he didn't find that very interesting and the guy you know he he went to us he went to dubai learned a few courses software courses ended up working in a software company in us and then came back and and why sari because he says he wanted to he wanted to start something in a segment which had two things number one the business should be evergreen ageless come what may recession non recession you talk about anything that business will stand the test of time and second is no mnc could ever ever think of getting into the business and disrupting the indian players no better segment than sarees and how does the next generation now the challenges obviously are different the guys who started out with it, it was a different era uh, working capital itself would have been a problem but now that the businesses are established uh, how does the next generation see their businesses and how how would they like to take it ahead for example steelbird uh, the the helmet uh, brand from uh, steelbird group where does one take a brand like helmet given that its core purpose is to save lives what more can you do there and and what does the next generation do with it and and this is what the beauty of the next generation is all about you know helmet is helmet but people don't realize that helmet is not a helmet because the traditional way or the conventional way of looking at helmet is just a bike helmet more to helmet than bike helmets can be cricket helmets helmets can be sport helmets can be so many things and and this is what the next generation is getting steelbird into different forms of helmets as as you said the helmet business itself is massive and they have only scratched the surface I don't know if all states have it mandatory to wear helmets. I I see still see many not wearing them here in Mumbai, although it's mandatory here, but not not everywhere. So I think a little bit of a government push or other policy push will also help in due course. I know it's not only uh, the law enforcement agencies, but also look at the problem of fakes. 
it's a massive problem in india uh, you know a decade back or two decades back almost 80% of the helmets in india were fakes now the percentage has come down, might have come down to 40 as the owner of this company says but fake is still a huge problem in mumbai on the on the highway you will have a corner uh, manned by a guy selling helmets which says isi on it but obviously it's not isi it's and people buy them mainly to dodge the policemen because you know you don't want to pay money yeah this is when isi we don't take it too seriously man <laughs> and much to our own uh, Uh, disadvantage in the interest of time rajiv uh, what are some of the other highlights uh, we've got you know quite a few there is pansari ahuja residences so i uh, over to you uh, what are the other highlights that you'd like to talk about there are brands like lotus imagine in in this beauty and wellness space the natural beauty and wellness space two brothers slogging out out hard so, so much in delhi and and now they have the biggest sunscreen brand in india which is bigger than unilever this is what they claim bootstrap no outside money and very content with the way the business has been working 500 crore company there in no haste another thing abhi is which is very interesting about all these family run businesses is that you know they they are very passionate about it but they are not willing to too aggressive they are not too hyper they are not seeking a hyper growth take for example you know ahuja residency you imagine in early 90s who would imagine a, a young woman mother of two in early 20s starting bed and breakfast concept in delhi at the time of the asian games and now which has morphed into uh, uh, close to 100 crore uh, brand and 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 these guys come oyo go oyo any any brand you name so many brands in this segment have come and gone these guys have survived and i i see your point rajiv about uh, these brands not being overtly aggressive as compared to the unicorns uh, that you've written about not too long ago i i one of my friends was being interviewed i won't uh, i won't name the outfit at a uh, at a big ed tech giant and uh, the interview the question uh, to this uh, prospective marketing head was what can you do to infuse a cocaine like growth in our organization just the question itself smacks of a different level of uh, aggression uh, some of it might even be toxic for somebody's taste if you know what i mean so it's definitely not at that end of the spectrum these family businesses i know but again abhi as i always as i've always believed into each his or her own your appetite might be very different from my appetite so these things are completely a different animal and all of them are building businesses the big question to us whether somebody is building a sustainable business or somebody is building a business which could be sold out in 5 years 10 years for some the definition of business lies only in a ballooning top line for some the definition of business lies lies in posting profit and for some it's uh, all about valuations uh, you've got uh, uh, nanda group uh, which has made a name in the poultry business and uh, pansari the brand which began as a small grocery store and now is 1000 crore fmcg business yeah 19 so let's talk about pansari 1940s it started from a small village in uh, rajasthan a small mom and pop and now a thousand fmcg empire largely into edible oils and now rice pulses and other commodities but definitely these guys have come a long way and have built the business the traditional way it's like five day test match that these guys have been playing where most of the first day you only give the bowlers the full opportunity to enjoy the first day you don't score runs but gradually as the pitch wears down as as the ball becomes sold you start scoring runs there's also a third day which used to be a rest day growing up which has stopped that is more 
like a family run business and and the way you put it rajiv it is not in a condescending manner it is just that they believe that they do not want to expand too rapidly for their own taste and they'd like to conquer smaller markets before they go big you know like an ipo in the making for sai silks yeah absolutely now now if you look at you're talking about a rest day on the third day today most of the test matches gets over on the third day <laughs> yes so people may scoff at the way these guys have been growing but my question is if you talk about the hyper growth startups or whatever you call them i would love to see how many of them survive after 20 years 30 years 50 years are they creating an institution are they building a business are they playing the long term game again i am not questioning their intent they are free to play whatever kind of game they are so exactly the same holds true for these guys they never believed in short term game otherwise we would not have been talking about them and saying that hey meet this company which is 50 year old 70 year old and a century the secret sauce has to be a long term and sustainable game that's why we are talking about these companies i hope you don't have to, you don't have to wait another year for the special issue or the special package on family businesses to come out we'd love to read a little bit about such outfits from time to time oh there would be sequel very soon don't worry about that <laughs> lovely <laughs> looking forward to it thank you so much raji for your time on this podcast thanks a lot avi take care man Thank you all you listeners uh, you know where to find us on forbesindia.com spotify stitcher apple google podcast or any other app that you use to download this content and to have someone call you for a forbes india subscription message forbes to 51818